Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Far Better, part of the Scattered Abroad Network. And I'm glad that you've taken some time to, to sit with me today and to listen to my story about my journey with Crohn's, a Christian and Crohn's. We're talking today about my diagnosis part two. I, I remember waking up from the procedure that determined what I had going wrong in my body. And the doctor explained to me and he told me it was Crohn's disease. And I said, well, what is that? And he gave me a, an explanation that I really couldn't remember because I was groggy from the anesthetic. And so he said, you need to come back into my office sometime next week, and we need to talk about treatment options. And so I went home, and I tried to do some research about what it was and found interesting things, but really didn't find anything that looked promising as far as a treatment option and the treatment plan. I mean, I had a diagnosis now, but how do you combat this? Because the only thing I remembered him saying was it wasn't curable. And there's a lot of diseases in the world that are not curable, but most of the diseases that I remember growing up and seeing and being around were diseases that weren't curable because they were going to take your life. And he didn't say that it was going to kill me as long as I got it under control, but that thought and that fear of you know, ALS and some of these other diseases that we know that are out there, that once someone gets them, we look at them as it's a matter of time before the disease takes over the body and and just kind of causes the body to, to wither away into eternity. And so I'm sitting there at 21 years old thinking, now what? Uh, what do we do? And so I'm trying to find out as much about Crohn's disease as possible. And I go to meet with the doctor, and he says, I'm sure that you've kind of been looking things up and trying to figure things out. And I said, I am. What about treatment plans? And he gave me some ideas on what I could do for treatment and uh None of them seemed exciting. You know, obviously no treatment plan usually comes across as exciting. But one of the things that struck me was he mentioned some drugs that maybe you take and they've been good for you, but he mentioned uh, Remicade, Humira, uh, some drugs along those lines that he said, these aren't bad drugs, but the problem with taking drugs like these is that your body will build up antibodies to the drug. And there have been certain cases of people that take this medicine the body gets to a point where the antibodies are built up to resist that drug, and that individual has gotten incredibly sick at times, and sometimes they've died. And so we don't really want to put you on that drug in your case. Now, that's not every case with Humira or Remicade. That's just a specific case with me and with Crohn's diseases. They try to use that as a last resort with people who have severe cases. And one of the things I remember them telling me when I went to meet with the doctor was, I have one of the more severe cases they'd ever seen. That would make sense with all of the pain and agony that I'd been going through physically with my stomach and all of the other issues that come with Crohn's. And so we had at least an idea of what we were going to do, and he told me that basically what you should do is get on a research study. So the diagnosis is Crohn's disease, and your best bet is a research study. Now, we're going to talk about my first research study in the coming episodes after, not this episode, but the next one. And I don't want to, well, the one after that, I don't want to get too much into this, but I do want to just kind of give you an idea of what a research study is like so that when we get to that episode, you're kind of up to speed. 
A research study is where you go to a facility that is specifically designed to handle your disease, your sickness, and they give you basically free health care for that sickness. And in fact, they, they give you a stipend a lot of times to cover your gas getting there and getting home. And so you go and you go through all of the process, but there's a lot of hoops and hurdles and all the things you got to jump through to stay on a research study. There's requirements and expectations. And so that was the route he wanted me to take. And I remember thinking as a student in school, that's going to be a tough route to take, but probably the best one because I didn't have a lot of money to shell out for healthcare at that point. And so that was the route we ended up choosing. Now, I want to take you back to what I had mentioned last episode. And it's not easy to talk about. I I haven't really explained it to a lot of people, and I don't like acting like it's some big reveal because it kind of over-dramatizes it. But the fact is, at this time in my life, I was still incredibly bitter toward God toward the ideas of what the Bible teaches because I thought it just didn't seem fair that I could get sick. And I it's not the first time I experienced something like this where I had gotten an illness or I had experienced someone who was young passing away or getting a sickness and then dying from it. I've, I'd seen that a lot of times throughout my life, but when it happens to you, it hits a little bit closer to home than just seeing someone else suffer in that regard. And so I remember being very bitter, and I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I learned how to do what the Bible teaches me to do, but what I want to spend the rest of today's episode is talking about the appropriate response to suffering. The appropriate response to suffering is found in 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. So shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears... You will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verses 6 and 7 are really what you have to stop and think about when you deal with suffering. And really verse 5, let's just talk about verse 5 here, the very last part of verse 5. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Is it really a spirit of humility for me to be angry that I got sick? Was it really fair for me to sit there and act as though 
I've done nothing wrong, nothing to deserve this. It's unfair for me to become sick because that's pride. That's me saying I'm better than this. And you might remember in Luke chapter uh, Luke chapter 18 with the Pharisee and the publican, the idea that is listed there of I am thankful that I'm not like this publican, this tax collector. I'm so much better than he is. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess, Luke 18, 12. And the tax collector, he's standing afar off, and he won't even raise his eyes toward heaven, but he beats his breast and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And which man went home justified? Not the Pharisee. The tax collector. And it doesn't take much to look at the history of tax collectors and find out that that shouldn't have been the way that this story ends. It shouldn't be the case that the tax collector, the very individual that people would have despised and hated, is the very individual that goes home justified rather than the teacher of the law in the Pharisee. And yet the problem was not that both men prayed and one man didn't one man didn't pray good enough, but the attitude behind the prayer. For the Pharisee, it was this idea of I am so much better than all of the men in this world, and especially this tax collector, that you should be glad that I'm on the front lines for you. And, you know, that's the problem with suffering is we get to a point where we have this haughty spirit about ourselves, this inflated ego and an inflated head that we get upset when we find out we're going to suffer. And what we're really finding out about ourselves in that moment is we put ourselves on a pedestal and we are mad that we got taken down a peg. You know, in, in college football, if the number one team gets beaten, people talk about that for weeks and even years to come, especially if it's a major upset. I'm not talking about a team that's expected to be good beating the number one team. I'm talking Central Alabama State School for the Blind beating Alabama. That would make headlines and be talked about for years to come. Because they're not expected to beat them. And sometimes there are teams out there that have this arrogant spirit about them and it ends up being their doom, their downfall. They were too cocky, too prideful. When it comes to suffering and when it comes to Christianity, my goal should not be to think of myself as such a good little Christian that I can't ever be in any type of suffering situational portions of life. I shouldn't be shocked when suffering comes my way. When the doctor sat me down to talk about treatment plans and talk about what was supposed to happen from there, I shouldn't have had in the back of my mind thinking, this is so unfair to me. Because I'm not Jesus. I have made mistakes in this life. I'm not a perfect person. And if the most perfect individual that ever walked the earth could suffer, what makes me so special that I couldn't be diagnosed with a disease, that I couldn't deal with that difficulty? And so we have to have this spirit of humility that I'm going to sit there and say, I am not better than God in that I expect to never suffer. And the second part of this verse that we're studying in 1 Peter 5 
is found in verses 7 and 8. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Stop putting your value in yourself. And I have to stop putting my value in myself. And at that time in my life, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. I had to change. I had to be far better than what I was. And so do we. I have to start looking to the Father instead of looking in the mirror. The mirror can only do so much. And the person that's looking at that mirror is only capable of doing so much. God can do anything. And that's why any cares of life that come my way, I should cast upon Him. Because He cares for me. Now, Verse 8 says that we're to be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Doesn't that seem a little disjointed when we talk about it in the sermon realm of church? You know, you almost always hear 1 Peter 5, 7 and 1 Peter 5, 8 separated. But I was taught in school and I was taught by people who were very good students of the Bible that context matters. Why are we told to be sober and to be vigilant right after a section on humility? Because here's a group of people that could puff themselves up in such a way that the devil could come in and they wouldn't even be ready for it. You have to be prepared. I have to be prepared to be tested. We talked about that in James 1, verses 2 through 4. The devil doesn't give you a free pass because you're godly. Look at the book of Job. And so I have to be able to look and watch the devil looking at me and saying, you see the suffering you're dealing with? You see the problems you're facing? You know why you're facing those problems? Because God doesn't care about you. And instead of saying, yes, you're right, say, no, he's the only one who does in this scenario. You want to devour me. God wants to support me. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and be vigilant because the devil, the adversary, is looking to devour you, and so you resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing what? That the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Am I the only person in the world that got Crohn's disease? I'm not. Are you the only person in the world that's going through what you're going through? Maybe. But the chances are that you're not. That there's other people in the world that are suffering the same way that you are. And if all of us would just apply verse 7 and cast our cares upon the Father and follow what he would have to say, our suffering would seem light. And so the point of all of this is that you will suffer. Maybe you haven't yet. I can promise you you will. And it doesn't matter how many church services you've attended, how many times you've read the Bible through, how long you've been a Christian. The devil will never look at someone and say they are exempt if he thinks there's a chance that they'll stumble. 
and he will try everything in his power to get someone to stumble. Suffering is one of his best tools. Be able to resist him by casting our cares upon God. Next week, I'm going to finally explain to you, I hope, what Crohn's disease is. And we'll look at another passage in the Bible to encourage us as we talk about suffering and Christianity. Tune in next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.